All right, everyone, welcome back to the Highlighted in All Sports Culture podcast. Your host, Kurt, joined by the Herbert Bandwagon, Sully, and Sam. Um, So, a lot to talk about today. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, Kurt. I I need to know how you guys are doing before (laughs) we get into the conversation. Um, But, obviously... The I would say one of the biggest headlines of the weekend involves the Atlanta Falcons starting off 0-5 and firing head coach Dan Quinn and GM Thomas Dimitrioff. Um, I think it was reported that Arthur Blank, their owner, kind of said to them it's a playoff or bust year, and after 0-5, they uh, weren't going to make the playoffs. I think we can all agree. So he ultimately fired them, and it looks like they're kind of going to be heading in a little bit of a cleaning house situation. But uh, it's uh, not going well in Atlanta, obviously, with uh, the amount of talent they have on the offensive side. So, Sam, I know you want to talk about the uh, Carolina-Atlanta game. So, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Dan Quinn sucks. He's on the unemployment line, like we speculated. Yeah, I don't even think he made it home, honestly, before <laughs> they fired him. It, you know what's sad? Like, in his post-game presser, like the media was asking him questions like, why do you think you're fit to be the coach of the Atlanta Falcons or something like like that? It's like, (laughs) my God, let the man breathe. (laughs) Yeah. uh, We knew this was coming and I'm glad that they didn't stretch out the inevitable. You know, they did that last year, but that was when the Falcons started to win games as they went on. Like they should have happened last year. I was saying it. I, 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 I thought they should have fired him last year, but they I called didn't. up Arthur Blank and I was like, "Yo, what's going on? Why and, is this guy not out?" It <laughs> wasn't to me. You could just, boy Dimitriov. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You could just tell, like, from the start of the off season, that both Dimitriov and uh, Dan Quinn were like fighting for their jobs yeah. because Dimitriov, before the draft, he was being super aggressive, even calling Washington, trying to get up to get Chase Young. You know, that's like putting all your chips in the basket because that's multiple first-round picks you'd have to give up there, and that's just ridiculous. And you could just tell that these guys knew that this was probably going to be their last rodeo if it didn't work out. And obviously um, – hasn't worked out. Yeah, it's been a rough – it's been a rough time for the Atlanta Falcons. And they're – we all, like, speculated after they, like, blew those games. They're, like, the best – they're, like – I think, Kurt, you said this. They're the best worst team ever. And I mean, I think they're, they're the awful. best. They're the best zero <laughs> and five team ever, but they're not a good team at yeah. all. And I mean, you heard their owner literally say today that he's not committing to Matt Ryan long term. Oh, I do want to talk about that. So I was looking at doing a little mock draft today, just because I was preparing for the video that I have coming out. So if you're on the podcast, you know that's coming out soon. Oh, and I got two, viewers. I'm excited. I mean, the podcast listeners deserve to know what's coming up. They do. Um, but I got to the Falcons, and I was really intrigued by the Trey Lance pick. I really think that that's going to happen. What pick because, did they have? Well, according to the uh, – I don't know what I did it on. It was like Draft Network or something. I don't know. Yeah, anything. I think they go based on um, betting odds. They don't go based on the current – They had like the 10th pick. So yeah, I, that sounds about right. Um, and obviously I had Trevor go one, Fields go pretty early. And then I got – Lance was kind of slipping because if you look at the teams from like four to nine, they're not really in a situation where they need a quarterback. Then I got there at 10 with the Falcons, and I really think that that's going to happen, especially like I've been saying with the Falcons in a situation where they're just kind of cleaning house, obviously getting rid of Dan Quinn. Who knows what their next head coaching situation is going to look like, but – you know, Matt Ryan, they're not committing to him. It seems like of what we just said from Arthur Blank. And I think that Trey Lance could be a really interesting pick, especially if they want to go down the rebuilding route. He's an interesting – Can I interject real quick? Yeah. Sorry. No. I'm, I'm sorry. But the thing is, what I want to say about them not committing to Matt, La- Matt Ryan long term, his contract is literally untradeable for like two years. So unless they want to pull a good old Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, 
they they gotta sit on him because this I mean isn't gonna happen. I was um oh, you were gonna say an Aaron Rodgers Brett Favre. Well, that's different because Brett Favre wasn't getting paid thirty-five million dollars and over that guaranteed for the next four years. So I did see yeah. I know yeah. Sammy watch him, but when I was watching Bengals mock draft, he was comparing Jordan Love to um Trey Lance. So I mean that's kind of uh, generous, I will say. Well, that. I'm just saying it's. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Sam's hey, hey, praying that he hopes that's right. Hey, no, I, I mean, I haven't. What Trey Lance showed last year was really nice, and I liked what he showed. But, I'm a huge guy, a huge Lance guy. It's gonna be a stud. You know, I'm not. I gotta go more in depth with him, and you know, he just declared. So. Eh. Well, you have a lot of game footage to watch from him this year, which is good. So, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. All right. Um, can we sway because we're talking about the game and talk about the Panthers because they look really good. Oh, they look great. Teddy Bridgewater, put some respect on this man's name. He's, oh, he's a stud. He's throwing over seventy percent, averaging nearly three hundred yards per game, and he is effectively just translating this Joe Brady offense into the NFL and you Joe love Brady. to see it. You love to see it. And I want to go to Sully really quick because he brought this up, I think last week or the year or year week before the year. Oof. <laughs> so you brought up the question about running backs a few weeks ago and how Mike Davis, he feasted in this game. And I know that was over in Atlanta Falcons god-awful defense and you know is do you think that uh c-max a product of the scheme uh, i mean <laughs> I'm, is, I'm not this gonna is an out there question i know but i'm just yeah, saying I, as it's just a point of contention i understand where you're coming from obviously i'm gonna say now i think you could put c-max in a lot of situations and he's obviously super dynamic I mean, is the difference between a running back when you get them in open space and it's just an eye test at that point and you see what they can do? Like when you're watching someone like we saw tonight, like Joshua Kelly, when he got the ball, didn't think he was, you know, anything special. It's totally different than Eckler, even though Joshua Kelly was doing pretty solid when they were splitting carries. Eckler was still way more talented. That's kind of my argument here. It's the same thing with C-Mac and, you know, Davis. You get them, although Davis has looked really good. Can't say that he hasn't even looked good. He's obviously producing, um, and they've won all three games with him, correct? I think they yeah. went 0-2. Yeah, they're 3-0 they they with him. Davis. Yeah, but side point, I think the reason why they're 3-0 right now or under Mike Davis for 3-0, or with Mike Davis, they're definitely not under Mike Davis. He's just a running back, <laughs> but with Mike Davis. Um, you know, that's Teddy Bridgewater. He Obviously, he played last year, but he didn't play for like the, the two years before that. He's coming into a new system, new head coach in that rule, obviously new offense. That team's meshing. Their defense wasn't great last year. It started off not so great. Things take time. You know, they all had to mesh, blah, blah, blah. Now they're getting some semi-easy opponents. Uh, the Cardinals played awful against them. They obviously play the Falcons. So it's a, it's a combination of them meshing, playing some easier opponents so they can get on track. And I do like the Panthers. I don't know if they're winning the NFC South, though. I heard some mumblings of that from the Kurt uh, Zottel section. But I was just, uh, hey, I'm not – do I think it's going to happen? No. But would I love it to happen? I would. They're a fun team to watch. Everyone would. The thing is, a lot of people pegged Carolina as, like, a quarterback team before the season. And that's – Oh, everyone said they were going to be, like, a bottom three team, and they're not even close. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of faith in them. I knew that. Yeah. But Matt Rule has done a fantastic job with this team. And Joe Brady, but we expected that to happen. And uh, I don't know their D coordinator's name, but – with what he's been given with all this young talent, like Jeremy Chin, oh, he's, he's been playing, amazing. Yeah. He's he defensive rookie of the year caliber right now. Yeah, and I just really like what I've seen from the Panthers. I don't know if what's crazy to me is you know the Saints. I think they're paying Taysom Hill more than what Teddy's being. Oh, I mean Taysom Hill. Don't get me started on that guy. That's the worst contract. <laughs> you'll you'll. Like, we'll get on. to Taysom Hill later. But, yeah. yeah, Panthers are rolling. Falcons, not so much. Let's just say, who, if you're the Atlanta Falcons owner, who are you targeting as your newest head coach? And 
since it sounds like they're not going to be doing a fire sale unless they get a ridiculous offer for like Julio Jones or something, what direction are you taking the team in? Uh, I'll go first. I'm rebuilding, but I also have a very non-conventional approach to this. I think if I'm not a top 10 NFL team, I'm not trying extremely hard to win, which is like kind of like, you're not supposed to do that. I'm not going to tank, but I'm definitely looking towards gaining draft picks and building for the future. Um, so if I'm the Falcons, they're not even close to a top 10 team. They're very close to a bottom five team. Um, they probably are. They definitely are. So, and Matt Ryan's old. Matt Ryan's got to be 36. Is, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, I mean, he doesn't look awful. He's done some good things this year, but like, he's obviously not. I mean, to me, great, when I so. look at Ryan, he's not, there's way more problems that surface Atlanta, but it by no means is he playing good football. At the moment. He's yeah. lost the zing, as you would say. It doesn't happen. Yeah, he's losing a little bit of the zing. It's, uh, but they just fired Dimitriov, who is pro- has all the answers. That guy's got all the answers. <laughs> Dude, he's easily the best GM in football. Dude, no you know what's what crazy? If, if you're, if you're listening to the podcast, go look up a picture of this man. <laughs> Coach, you just, he can't GM your way to a Super Bowl team. Come on. Uh, well, he didn't. Well, he did. He did. Well, well Super Bowl. We know what happened curious. there. Yeah. We know what happened there. They botched it. He put them in the position. Hey, yeah. he's been their GM for 12 years. That's a long time in the NFL. And his first yeah. draft pick, Matt Ryan. Let so, me just say, um, the out, most man. impressive thing about Thomas Dimitrioff is his first ever team. The <laughs> oh, no. Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Canadian football team. He brought it up. Brought oh, I had to. He brought it up. Had to. That's Unreal. incredible. All right. Um, so yeah. He's a legend. On. Yeah, he's, he's coming off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're saying that about everyone. <laughs> hey, he's he's, he's available now. His schedule's over. Yeah, he so should let's be make open. it happen. Let's make yeah, it happen. He right. should be open. All right. Um, um, I want to move on, though, and talk about the Raiders Chiefs. And oh, everyone, what a game. It was, everyone's going to talk about the Chiefs, and for good reasoning, because it was the first loss of the season. They really did not look amazing. I still think they played a pretty good game. Defensively, no, but on the offensive side of the ball, there are still obviously a lot of good things, as you would expect from one of the best offensive teams in the league. But the Vegas Raiders, let me just talk about them, because anyone who knows anything about me knows I was high on the Raiders this year. And they had a very impressive Winning against this Kansas City Chiefs, Derek Carr looked incredible. Josh Jacobs was doing stuff from the running back position. They got Henry Ruggs back. I mean, this team is good. I want people to wake up. I've been saying it for so long now. I don't think they have a super tough stretch. I don't know it off the top of my head. I think, yeah, Sam, if you want to fact check that for me. So it is, like I said. Can you pull that up real quick? Like I've been saying, I predict them to be a 10-win team. And I think it could happen. I'm really high on them. I didn't think they'd get a win against Kansas City. I thought that the win would come against Buffalo last week, and if it wasn't for Derek Carr's fumble or whatever that was, then uh, they would uh, hopefully have won that. But uh, they won today, or I guess Sunday. And uh, (laughs) much. I gotta say, I gotta say about the Raiders. You know, everyone hated on the Rugs pick. I think we hated on it. I know I did. I'm. I think you guys did as well. Like, just the fit, and Carr is actually throwing deep now. The thing about Rux is I didn't hate the pick because of what he was capable of. It was one of those situations, like I just said, like the fit seemed weird, but, like, if you can replicate kind of what's going on in Kansas City, what they're trying to do with Rux and the deep ball, like, it works so well. He is so good. Yeah, but, okay, I was going to – okay, I'm going to say, can you really beat Kansas City at their own game? That's exactly what they did. But in a playoff situation, like let's say the Raiders and the Chiefs were to play again, and do you really think that they can beat the Chiefs? Oh, I bet what? the house on uh, Vegas. Oh, <laughs> come on! They, Typical. You know, it might not be. You can't really out Chiefs the Chiefs in like a big game. In yeah. my opinion. <laughs> so you gotta maybe do something different. But it's it's a good start. It's just the thing with Vegas and what I've kind of been preaching all off season. It seems to kind of been happening in the regular season. Is every single like piece of their team is not extraordinary, but it's also not bad. They're, they're the receiver- Miami Heat. Right, but their wide receiver core know had a lot of, like... <laughs> you just go <laughs> right, and you just move right up. 
uh, I mean, analogy to the Miami Heat are. Do you, you think know. they could go to the Super Bowl? Is well, that not exactly. I, I mean, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there's no superstar. Well, Kurt, really Kurt teams. didn't believe in the Miami Heat, but he believes in the Raiders. So let's okay, just right. uh, that, doesn't that doesn't work. That doesn't work. It's not gonna work. The um, thing, the thing is, uh, going back to your rugs pick, I think the thing that I disliked with the rugs pick is that I thought Judy fit them a lot better for what they need. And Judy's better, but yeah. Yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> and I would have loved CeeDee Lamb because I had CeeDee as a top five player in the class and he's feasting with Dallas, but I digress. But to get back to what Kurt said, asking about what their schedule is, I'll read it off to you guys. So they're three and two right now. Is it tough? Was I like completely wrong? I'll read it and we no, can decide. We can decide. It's going to be the hardest thing ever. And I'm going to be a fool. We're going to decide what we think the record going forward is. All right, guys? Let's do All it. Right. So they'll do it in five. real time. They have a bye this week. So nothing there. All right. Tampa. Where's it at? Uh, Vegas. I'm not They're going to win. Uh, yeah, They're going to win. They, I think they win. Okay. Cleveland. At Cleveland. No. Four and three. At Chargers. Five and three. Five and three. Yeah, Chargers can't win close games. Yeah. Uh, at Vegas against the Broncos. They're winning that. Six and three. Six and three. Is Locke back by then? Yeah, I think he's yeah. like probable for next game. Except their offensive line is still god awful. And, yeah. and they're going to get hurt again. All right. Uh, Chiefs in Vegas. Nah. Six and four. Again. Yeah. All right. <laughs> against the Falcons in Atlanta. Seven and four. Seven and four. Against the Jets in New York. Oh, eight and four. Against the Colts in Vegas. Nine and four. Nine and four. Ooh, I don't agree with that, but okay. Uh, Mr. Phillip Rivers sucks. <laughs> <Philip> River. <laughs> we'll talk about him, though. Well, the Colts yeah. could be the worst team of all time. They are awful. I hate the Colts. <laughs> They're awful. I all right, continue. Uh, Chargers in Vegas. I mean, we'll, I'll I think, the the, I think yeah. they're going to split. I think yeah, they're we'll give them, What is that, nine and five? Nine yeah. and five. Uh, Dolphins in Vegas. That's a win. Nine and five. I don't know, man. That's it's Tua territory. Is Tua territory coming? Yeah. We'll talk about when Tua comes in soon, but that's a big topic of debate from the chat today. Yeah. And then we have <laughs> in Denver. All right, so let's say they split the, like, the last yeah. two, they split one. So 10 and six, what I've been saying. I, I think I had him at nine and seven. So yeah, yeah, that's that's. that's <laughs> I mean, good on you, Kurt. I mean, we seem to agree. I mean, the games I think are our toss-ups are Buccaneers because the Bucks haven't looked that great, especially against the Bears. We just saw that, and they have to play well against Green Bay, um, Cleveland, the Chiefs, and then the Colts game, and then every other game I think they clearly can win. Or split, you know, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yep. Do we want to do we want to turn it over to the Chiefs side because the Chiefs, they they have been really damn good like they usually are, but during the season they've had a bit of some low points if you want to say that. Like they nearly lost to the Chargers early on, and that was Justin Herbert's rookie debut, and we'll talk about Justin Herbert soon. Stud. They didn't look great against New England last week. And I think if Cam Newton plays that game, New England probably wins. And they lost to the Raiders this week. So, I, I mean, still feel- a great team, but, like, it does raise some question marks or some they played. They play the Bills. <laughs> they play the Bills this week, and I might pick the Bills. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I have any question marks with the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, last the Chiefs, year, their I mean, defense is so. Their good. defense was pretty. Their defense was bad at the beginning of last year, and going into the playoffs, they were one of the best. I think Steve Spagnuolo, he's fucking defensive coordinator for the Giants when they won the Super Bowl. That man's a veteran, right there. He's <laughs> they pull just, the team together. They just need to be a competent defense by the playoffs, and I, I yeah. think I think we all agree that that can happen. But their yeah. defense is losing pieces that they had last year and the pieces that they've inserted in haven't been that great. So I just thought I'd bring that up just as a point of like, yeah, like I said, I don't think it's like to the point where like, Oh, they're not good. Cause obviously fantastic they're, team. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. 
as you go on to the season, I think it's just something you watch out for. Yeah, none of us are really that concerned with them. It's just, you know. Yeah, they, I mean, they might miss the playoffs, but, like, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah, they, they just might. They just might. <laughs> Who knows? Yep. All right, Sully, what do you got for us? Uh, what are we talking about? We're talking about Steelers-Eagles. Now, this was an interesting game. Um, you know, the Eagles have have had their difficulties this year, and a lot of them, just like the rest of the NFC East. But the Eagles were decent in this game. But the Steelers were better, and more importantly, Chase Claypool was better. That man is a, excuse my language, fucking beast. <laughs> Like he and he's built like a star wide receiver. I think he could be massive on that team. You have Deontay Johnson, who I think. Yeah. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, the Steelers are fantastic at drafting wide receivers. They if, are. They if are you players. have a wide receiver that you're like kind of iffy on, like I was kind of iffy on Claypool in the draft process, and then the Steelers drafted him, and I'm like, all right, if any team's gonna figure him out, it's Pittsburgh. Yeah. They can find guys anywhere and make them into stars. So it's just like, you know. Yeah, and, and the Steelers, just like last year, they have a great defense. This game, a little suspect, although I think they picked off Wentz twice. Um, although that's not a hard thing to do this year. A man's already got his career high in interceptions. So um, Ridiculous. Yeah, I think yeah. They, the Eagles Let me ask just... you guys a question about the Steelers. Oh, no. Right. Okay, is, it I, is it what I think it is? Is there any chance that the Steelers can win that division? Oh, okay, it's not the question I thought you were going to ask. Uh, yes, I do think they have a chance. Yeah, I think there's definitely a chance. Well, what are the chances that it happens? I guess is a better question. Uh, let me look at their schedule. Always got to bring up the schedule. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm it's gonna, important. They I'm play the NFC East this year, so it could happen. That's true. It's a good division. They, and they don't have a loss <laughs> under their belt. But – the AFC North is nuts this year, so it's just kind of like okay, – And Joe Burrow. I'm just going to rapid fire these so it's quicker. Yeah. Um, Browns, Titans, Ravens, Cowboys, Bengals, Jaguars, Ravens, Washington, Bills, Bengals, Colts, Browns. I mean, it's, it's not an easy schedule. It's not like hard also. It's happen. fine. I mean, you got the Browns twice. You got the Ravens twice. You got um, – you said the Titans and the you Bills, said the Colts. The Bills. I've yeah. also I've said from the beginning of the year though that I think Pittsburgh upsets Baltimore on Thanksgiving. So no, I think you've been saying that. Well, I'm just telling you that's what I've been <laughs> <Wow>. saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, bro, I'm ready. I mean, it could happen. They don't have a loss yet. I mean, no, the Steelers are good. They are. They are. Their defense is nuts. It's ridiculously good and they finally have been back which is huge for them like that cannot be understated how massive of a quarterback upgrade that is compared to last year they were playing with yeah duck hodges and yeah. mason rudolph like solid <laughs> it's not solid at all man yeah they have a good the old- most exciting quarterback play from the steelers last year was a guy getting hit in the head with a helmet so I mean, they didn't have any quarterback. And they nearly made the playoffs with, yeah. with that quarterback, which is Their just crazy. It's just crazy. All right, guys. So I brought this up earlier. It's the Tua conversation. So we're going to get into Finns Niners because this was just a cakewalk for the Finns and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, I mean, by cakewalk, I mean they demolished them and I know the 49ers are hurt, but let me just tell you this. The 49ers are two and three. Do you guys know who their two wins are against? Uh, the Giants. The Giants. And the... It's your neighbor. The Jets. Jets. Yeah. That's correct. Those are worst good football teams. teams. Yeah, they are. It's impressive. Very win. impressive. They have lost. They've won their only two games against the two worst teams in the NFL, and they just got blown out by the Dolphins. Who I don't think any of us were like supremely high on this year. You know. Now you see this performance from Fitzpatrick, and he had one of his best games of his career. I mean, he went off and. When do you guys put in Tua? Because apparently Flores doesn't think soon. he's ready. I, I, 
the thing is, I feel like people like have this negative stigma towards benching a quarterback for a whole year. And it's just like, yeah, that's me. Do you no. not like that? Well, I mean, I don't love it. I'm fine with it because it's worked for me. So. Here, the thing <laughs> I can't yeah. say otherwise. I'm like a big fan of like with a rookie quarterback not playing them at the start, but I think like as you get into the later stages of the season, you should at least see like an appearance, unless it's like a circumstance where they like cannot play. I, I with, feel like I know you can continue. The thing with Tua though is it's like I'm taking into consideration he basically didn't play all of last season in college because it is injury that it happened and then it's just why would you rush him into this when you have a quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick who's not by any means perfect or an incredible quarterback but what we saw against San Francisco will get the job done and quarterback is definitely not the issue on that team I just don't see the point of rushing to it um so what I think is I, I think I agree with Kurt. I'm totally okay with them being benched, you know, for maybe for the first half of the season, but I would love for them to get, you know, maybe three or four games in before the season's over because I think that you have the end of the season, the off season, and all of that training camp, blah, blah, blah. He's already had in-game snaps. He knows what it is. He knows what he needs to work on. Like, you can see him play in a full game, not in practice or anything like that. I feel like getting that – getting those reps in and then having all that off time is like good idea. You can, you know, work on his game, whatever you need. Um, but anyway, going back to why they shouldn't bench fits yet is because one of the biggest things that people, you know, underrate, don't talk a lot about, don't, don't talk a lot about, you know, is like culture of a team and, you know, the locker room and especially Fitz is like a likable guy. Everyone loves Fitz. You know, he has a fun time playing, He's playing like a man where he just has nothing to lose, even though like he pretty much doesn't. If he gets benched, he doesn't really care. Um, he just goes to, like, his 19th team and balls out again. <laughs> so when he has a great game like this, the Dolphins are a very young team. They're probably all very happy. Keep that team together. You know, it doesn't even matter if you're going to win. Just the culture is good. Everyone enjoys playing right now. If you bench them and go with someone else, may, they may not feel they don't really have a chance to win. This guy's learning. Maybe defeats their spirits. Most of the time, it's the other way around. You put a young guy in, everyone gets, like – excited they play for him blah blah yeah but um i just think that they, they won they had a great game against a team who a lot of people think are good even though sam just pointed out that they kind of suck and they, they were very injured but they obviously made it to the super bowl last year you get a huge win fitzpatrick has a great game he's laughing the entire game and people are having fun and the dolphins you know they're young they need to have fun so i just like to bring up that a few weeks ago we did speculate that Tua would start against the Jets in like week eight or week nine. And that game got moved to this week. So any speculation about Ryan Fitzpatrick being benched before the Jets game, that's going down the toilet after this game. I just like to bring that up. But to flip over to the other side of the ball with another benching happening, and that was Jimmy Garoppolo. And this one was kind of polarizing because – Jimmy G, you know, he's been hurt since, I think, against the Giants, right? He got hurt against the Giants, right, Sully? Was that the game? Uh, was it the Giants? Uh, it was one of those New York games because it was MetLife Turf. It was the Giants. It was the Giants. It was, they were talking about MetLife Turf. So halfway through the game, Jimmy's been horrible. And then he throws an awful pick, and then C.J. Beathard comes in. You know, and he wasn't much better. So I want to ask you guys, was this benching A, to keep him healthy because they were just sucking, B, because Jimmy was just sucking, or C, do you think they're sick of Jimmy? I don't think they're sick of Jimmy. I think it's a combination of the first two, though. More so on the side of he wasn't playing well. I mean – Watch the game. He was not playing well at all. But you also have to take into account, like you said, look at what's happening the last couple of weeks. He has been playing. He obviously suffered the injury against New York. Like, he, I guess I don't want to say, like, I guess you can't really expect them to be, like, 100%, I guess, per se. I don't know if that's – Then really why honest. play him 
is my question. Right. Maybe that's what they were. Maybe that's what they were thinking, though. Maybe they, well, they tried still it out. Up. They gave them the best chance to win, but then once they were losing by, you know, well, the final score was forty-three seventeen. But what were they losing right. by when he went in? They were losing by like three touchdowns. So they it was, were like, it was a wide I, margin. Yeah, yeah I, so I do. Like, All right. Yeah, I, I do think it speaks a lot of words that Kyle Shanahan isn't afraid to bench a quarterback like his starter that they're paying. A lot, a lot of money. Of money. They're paying him a lot of money. But I think his contract is not hard to get out of, if I'm pretty sure. But still, Jimmy G has had a very confusing career uh, from the Patriots' whole situation to getting traded, that whole thing with Kraft and Belichick butting heads, to him getting an extension, to the ACL tear, then he's on a Super Bowl team, now he's getting benched. It, it's weird. It's weird. His it career is. has been weird. But, yeah, I, I just find that very interesting. I, I just do. But, Kurt, I know you have a lot to say about a certain benching for your team, so you want to head on over to Washington, D.C.? Yeah. Well, if anyone's unfamiliar with my thoughts about the benching, go look at the uh, last podcast where I went on my, was it, five-minute rants. Um, but to talk about this game, it was, uh, it was pathetic, to say the least. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll see I tweet and like stuff about every two seconds to uh, allow my frustration to somewhat ease. But um, basically, we, uh, I'll tell you what happened. So we started Kyle Allen, and on the first drive – no, second drive of the game because we got a three and out first drive. Second drive of the game, Kyle Allen drives us down for a touchdown. He looked good. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. He looked pretty good. Um, the offense was rolling something that barely happened that game, but it was rolling. And uh, then on the next drive, he uh, clashes heads with uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, ultimately ended up as a uh, arm injury, but obviously when you're looking at it, you thought it was something with the head as well as they collided heads. Went to the locker room, and Alex Smith came back after the horrific injury that happened on, I don't know the exact date, but it was in 2018. Obviously, it's been a while since he's played 600 and something days. It's been a while. And um, it was um, – that's something where I was listening to the Washington Football Talk podcast presented by NBC Sports Washington, and they were saying that what are you going to remember more about this game? Is it going to be the Alex Smith coming in or how awful we played? And while we played awful – I think what we have to remember is Alex Smith. I've been saying it. I want to give him comeback player of the year because he's the one in 10,000 people that is, can come back from this sort of injury. The, uh, it was remarkable what he did. Obviously, if you guys watched Project 11, you saw what he endured. So massive respect to Alex Smith for coming back. But to go back to the game perspective, he looked rusty. He didn't look good against – the uh, Rams, and that's not entirely his fault. I don't really blame him for that instance because Rivera was saying that if Alex Smith is to come in, it would be a long way away. It wasn't projected that it would be now. Obviously, with the injury to Allen, it had to be done. Well, really, honestly, it didn't have to be done because we moved Haskins to third string. But um, Smith came in, and we just really couldn't get anything done. He was throwing short screens. He wasn't really throwing anything down the field. Wasn't really in a position where he has to run and use his legs. Um, and the O-line was just getting beat up. I mean, Aaron Donald was literally eating Wes Martin alive, our left guard. So it was tough to watch that from a fan perspective. Um, the Rams played great, though. They're a solid team. Um, I, knew, I thought from the beginning of the season they'd be a solid team, and they are. And for Washington, they're a mess. Not surprised. For, um, for, for uh, Zach and ASC, you, you watched, obviously, all, most of or all of the Washington game. Would you say Aaron Donald made more than one play per quarter? Uh, yeah, I think he did. I mean, he was eating Alex Smith up all day. Yeah, what's well, up? I hope he's listening what? to this. Oh, he, he will Better listen. He'll know that he's wrong. But uh, it's okay. I, I mean, I've said it. I think Aaron Donald is a top two player in the league. He's phenomenal. He's, I'll give him number three, but yeah. I, arguably I agree. one. Arguably one. It's he's really good, he is a good case for one. I will no, say. he does. Um, when he jumped on Alex Smith's back, though, 
50 percent of me 50 percent of me was like oh my god it's gonna end right here he's snapping it no question and then after it was done you know i was like wow that might have been the best thing possible that could have happened to alex smith they, he probably i mean unless someone comes around and they hit him you know full force with maybe their helmet to the side of his leg that's going to be more force than aaron donald jumping on you but aaron donald jumping on you is like almost the most force you can take to the leg like the most strain and he held him up for a couple seconds so i gotta hand it to alex smith that was incredible i feel bad for his wife i thought she was gonna have like a heart palpitation oh, you, you look at the Dude. uh like they, they would show her in the mask but you knew she was like dying. she was like going like this the whole time i was like i'm so sorry i mean i would be the same way she was so pissed that he was in the game. Like, she was so upset. But, like, also happy because, like, obviously that's – I mean, I don't think it was pissed. I think it was just more worrisome. Well, yeah, but she, uh, she might have been a little pissed. She might have been like, they really got to put him in? Come on. Like, against Aaron Donald? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, but ultim- ultimately, though – Yeah, you guys suck. You guys are horrible. Oh, it was – Imagine – I just want to say this. Imagine if – they, because of them benching Dwayne Haskins, the third in the depth chart. He wasn't even at the He was not. Yeah, but Alex Smith getting hurt because they benched Dwayne Yeah, Haskins. they wouldn't be able to sleep. Or I hope they wouldn't be able to. It'd be, I was holding my breath every time like, Smith had to drop back because it felt like he was facing – Constant pressure because oh, this was, offensive was line awful. Was terrible, couldn't dude. hold back anyone. Dude, I'm literally watching the game and like I was ecstatic on a six yard pass. That's how pathetic it was. Like there's yeah, not yeah. much to cheer about, and I'm like, woohoo, six yard pass, <laughs> another three and out. Um, no, I mean, Sully, I'm with you now. Like my team sucks. I've admitted it. <laughs> Low key um, though, one of the first plays for Alex Smith. Didn't he get like a six yard scramble though? Yeah. I was I was impressive. I was like, wow, he really just did that. That must have taken a lot of courage. I mean, I'm a, like, he didn't look like super scared or like shy of the moment. He didn't look he scared. Just, he looked good. bad. He just he, he looks like not very good at playing well, football. But, that was because he literally well, would drop back was, and yeah. there's like four guys. Everything was in shambles. Yeah, it was pathetic. But, um, yeah. and it's crazy. I mean, you know, you're bad when you're a three and a half point underdog to the Giants. The Giants. You're an underdog oh. next week to the Giants? Yeah. Oh, man. Kurt, the crazy, Kurt. The crazy oh. part is I'm not even taking us. Yeah, we're a good football team, man. Kurt, are you, are you on the riverboat? I am. So, here's the thing. When a new head coach comes in, it's obviously ideal to be patient with them. And, obviously, he wants to just kind of – do everything his way, and he was reiterating it's going to take a while. While I've been upset by some of his decisions that surfaced over the first five weeks, it's not to the point where I'm, like, not on his side or ready for him to get out. I'm going to stick with him. I like the hire when it happened. I still like him. I still think there needs to be a lot of work to be done, and I'm excited to see what he can do to improve this football team. I, I saw this the other day, and it was in the back of my mind, but it reminded me. You guys had Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, McVay, and Matt LaFleur all on the same coaching staff. And soon to be Kevin O'Connell when he gets a head coaching job. (laughs) And you didn't hire any of them. Yep. And And I said the same exact thing, like I just said with KOC, Kevin O'Connell. I said, if this guy is not our head coach, or at least right now, our offensive coordinator, it's deja vu, and it's going to happen again like it's happened the past three times. And they all hated it. And yeah. I think that's like kind of noteworthy. Especially, all right. Sorry. Shanahan hated No, no, let me just talk about this. There. This pisses me off. Because when we played San Francisco last year, okay, that was the worst game of the season, but the press conference pissed. <laughs> the slip and slide game, is that, what, is that that game? Yeah, I was, dude, that was awful. I was at that game and it was the coldest game I've ever been at. It was awful. Um, but I'm, I'm listening to the press conference in the week and, Shanahan literally won't shut up about how pathetic our franchise is. Literally, they were like, what's one thing you liked about working in Washington? He's like, yeah, working with my dad. And he was like, nothing else. I'm like, it was so annoying. Because the worst part is I know he's right, but I don't want to admit it. And that's a man that worked in Cleveland. Like, that's 
Oh, it's all fun and oh. games until we beat Kyle Shanahan this year. Do you play him this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they, they, play, they play the NFC East. That's right. Yep. Man. I, re- I really hope we win. Like, you better hope to God that you don't have Kyle Allen starting at quarterback next year. Yes. And okay. No I, chance. No chance. No chance. They Please. have to you have to be going for a veteran. Two two things I want to say though. Two things I want to say. And we can we can round up this conversation because it's gotten too lengthy. It's gotten yeah, well. Um so <laughs> Kyle Allen though, while you are completely correct and I do not think he's by any means the face of the franchise. I hope not. I I can't believe I'm saying this, but he looked good. He looks good on Sunday, and I'm not saying, like I said, he's the franchise quarterback, but I'm excited to see what he can do because, I don't know, I, I just want to see it. Second, really good point I made, I saw, I think it was on another podcast, it said, you look at the three, what's up? You're cheating on us? Well, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it to this podcast. I'm, you, uh, you've was, name dropped two other podcasts so far. Yeah, yeah. So, where they they hand you the bag or what? What's I, going on? Dude, you got. I'm sorry. Sell I'm, these promotions, bro. Um, but uh, they said, look at the three quarterbacks on our team. You look at Haskins, Allen, and um, Smith. Are any of those three? your future quarterbacks? The consensus answer was no. I just, I just hate, for me, I hate drafting quarterbacks um, for some reason. I don't know why, especially in our circumstance, because I think we have so many other needs. So I don't know if we'll go down the draft route, but also the veteran route. Like there's not many guys out there really that we can sign except for like maybe Cam. Jameis. Lasik Jameis, come on, bro. But it's like Philip Rivers, because his ass is out of town after this. I'm game. good. No, I'm good. Uh, is there uh, anyone else that's hitting the market? I can't really think of anyone. Exactly. Mitchell Trubisky. I'm telling you, it's happening. And so for that, I don't know what's gonna happen. It's gonna be a mess. But and the funny, the funniest thing ever. This is the last thing I'll say is, I know next Sunday I'm gonna wake up and think we're gonna win. And there's no chance we do. <laughs> is Kyle Allen good to go next oh, yeah. Sunday? Yeah. He is. Yeah. Oh, oh, so you're a delusional fan, Kurt. Yeah, I am. See, I'm, I'm the total opposite. I'm a pessimist when it comes to my team. Oh, I'm so not. Sully, you want to talk about your pessimism right now? I mean, you just lost yeah, we, to Andy Dalton. Yeah, well, I lost mostly to Dak. Fantastic transition, by the way, uh, Sam. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call them out. Like they're they're good. Plus one, plus one. Plus one. Although when you call them out, they kind of it kind of ruins it. You know. So what I, mean? I have to give appreciation. Like I'm, yeah, okay, I'm okay. just applauding the man. I feel you. All right. So Giants Cowboys, obviously. First thing I want to talk about, very obvious, the Dak injury. Um, I have a couple things to say. First off, very emotional. Even though I'm a Giants fan, I the Cowboys are probably my least favorite team in the NFL. Um, but I kind of like Dak for as, as much as that's worth. And that's tough to see him go down, obviously, just because he's playing on the tender, obviously, for the franchise tag. And he, he, you know, he doesn't have that contract, Jerry Jones, whether Jerry Jones didn't want to give it to him, he was being a little greedy, whatever it is. Um, that sucks that he has a major, major injury. And now he doesn't have the contract. Although I did see that it's four to six months, which isn't as long as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was like an eight-month, eight to ten-month injury, so it's not horrible, horrible, but it's still very sad. He was obviously extremely emotional leaving, so uh, prayers up to Dak. I know he listens; he'll probably be coming on during the recovery phase. So, uh, but yeah, back to the game. Um, CD Lamb is ridiculously good wide receiver. That's the first thing I want to say. Second thing is, um, you guys are terrible. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty bad. <laughs> we're pretty bad. Um, you know, looking at some bright spots here, Slayton is very good wide receiver in my opinion. I think he's he's a he's a good talent to have. Um, Devontae Freeman low key didn't look that bad. I'm not saying like that's the future or anything, but that is a little something right now. Like he he looks kind of solid um, for how bad we are. So. Daniel Jones, you know, didn't play. Awful. He's awful. I'm sorry. I, I have to tell you straight. He's terrible. And I last week, you could be wrong. 
You let, last week you said I would not take Trevor, and I think you're out of your mind. I love Trevor too, so that one is a little interesting to me because that hurts. But but regardless, I mean, the line sucks. Um, Evan Ingram had a decent game. Garrett had probably his best play calling of the. It's easy to do get well against the Cowboys defense, but probably the best play calling I've seen this year, uh, especially the first couple of drives. They were the most deceptive they've been all year. Um, play action, all the you know the trickery was there. Uh, so I like that. But overall, the Giants are pretty horrible. Cowboys are interesting. I do want to say, like, the Cowboys are, like, everyone's glorifying this Andy Dalton signing, and it's like, oh, that's one of the best signings of the offseason. Dak gets hurt. You have a veteran quarterback who can step in and be good. I mean, listen, the Cowboys were on pace for four wins with Dak. You think they're going to do anything with Andy Dalton? I don't care if they if they win the division. They're not going anywhere, even if they can. And they probably won't. So that's my little spiel on that. For everyone saying, uh, what a great signing. I'm not a huge fan of the backup quarterback, even though that take does come to bite you when you look at Nick Foles and what the Eagles were able to do without Carson Wentz. At the same time, I think people put in way too much. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the Saints a little bit. But uh, backup quarterbacks are not like – like people were legitimately saying in that game that was like that was the best sign in the offseason. I'm like, are you smoking crack? I swear. Wait, 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 Here's wait, what wait, I didn't get. I, I swear. swear wait, wait, wait. An announcer said that. I swear on my life. <laughs> best signing of the offseason? They said that was – Andy Dalton was one of the best signings of the offseason. They Look, said that. It's a good signing, and I thought it was very smart, and they got him for a really cheap deal. And I think he can – manage that offense enough for them to win games as long as their defense isn't as garbage as it's been. I mean, they're still going to put up points. Like their offensive talent is good enough for him to win you some games. And I think most of us can agree on that, but I will say this about Dak. This man has probably had the worst year of his life. I mean, what a terrible, terrible things that have happened in this year. First Dallas sucks last year. So Jerry doesn't believe in him. So he doesn't get his extension, even though he's played his heart out for this team. And so he gets the tag. His mom dies. His brother commits suicide, which is just, both of those are just awful. And then he opens up about his mental health. And then part of my French, these fucking idiots ridicule him for saying he's opening up about his mental health and they're saying that he shouldn't be the leader of this football team because of that. And that's just utterly ridiculous. And it was so brave of him to do. And then this, and it's just like, I, his contract here and I, he played outstanding in these first few weeks. And I think he's very deserving of an extension. I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I've said it in the past. I don't think he's elite, but I think he definitely can get you to a Super Bowl. And he's very well-deserving of his money. And I, I don't know what's going to happen with him. It's Dallas has failed him a ton. And I was coming into this week going to talk about a different situation for Dak, but this kind of derailed it all, you know. And yeah. it's just really sad. But, um, yeah. Kurt, do you have anything to add about this all? That's Nothing not depressing. Really. That's not depressing. No, I, yeah, and I hate to go down that route because I don't want this to be a dull podcast, but, like, obviously condolences and prayers up to Dak. That's so sad what's going on with him. Um, Dallas, I think they'll be fine with Dolan, and I ultimately think they will win that division still. Um, but, like, people at the beginning of the season, like I was saying, like, People legitimately were saying they think that Dalton can do a better job than Dak. And I was like, that's so outrageous. Um, but that's kind of all I have to say about that. Um, it was a fun game. And Greg Zerline's kick at the end, I thought wasn't going in. And it did. And I was upset about that. Um, but Colts Brown, Sam, what do you want to talk about with that game? Horrible transition. Didn't live up to it. I'm so, what? Well, well, Unbelievable. Yeah, it'd be like, you know, Andy Dalton's a quarterback without Speaking losing, of quarterbacks, so let's go Baker over Mayfield is a stud. Like, hey, no, oh, no. Uh, both the QBs this game weren't that great. 
Baker, come on, put some respect on Baker. He wasn't amazing down the stretch. Here, all right, all right. Let me, let me talk about Baker. Let me talk about Baker. Yeah, go ahead. There's one thing I do not like about Baker's game. It's what you just said. He is awful at finishing out games. Yes. Awful. <laughs> but if he played like his first half self, oh, my gosh. Stud. Like, legitimate stud. Dude, his and anyway, pocket awareness has gotten so good. Oh, my gosh. So good. Um, even like, oh my God, I love overreactions. Make me laugh so hard. <laughs> I remember after the first game, I was like, the Browns suck. Worst game in football. What do you think they're back? And I was like, oh my gosh, they're playing the Ravens on the road. Let's chill out a little bit. And they were at four straight wins. They look really good. I'm excited. And they got the Steelers. And then I think, I don't know what they have after that, but it's two winnable games. And this team could be like five and two. And that's Bengals. solid. Bengals. So I'm excited. They, yeah, the Browns are legit. And that AFC North is going to be a battle, yeah. to say the least. But I want to kick it over to the Colts because um, Phillip Rivers is zingless as zingless can be. <laughs> and he is so. We thought him getting out of L.A., and obviously it wasn't working there anymore. And we were like, okay, his offensive line is awful. Maybe if he gets behind one of the best O-lines in the league, has some decent weapons around him, and an actual good coach, and I'll get to why I dislike Lynn, maybe he can actually produce and bring it back because he was good in 2018. They beat the Ravens in the playoffs. Um, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was pretty high on this Colts team coming in. I thought their defense was going to be good, and they've been probably the best defense in the NFL so far, but they got smoked by the Browns. And, I mean, the main reason why I'm hesitant to have them going past the first round is Phillip Rivers. And I think this team should be heavily in the mix for a Sam Darnold if he becomes available. Because I think that would be an amazing fit. You lose all that $25 million of salary. You can spend that on a ton of pieces. Pieces for Sam. Pieces for the defense even more to make it even more stacked. I'm just saying, Colts, think about it. Just think about it. But, yeah, I, there are two quarterbacks in this league that I get frustrated by to no end this year. Phillip Rivers and Daniel Jones because they make mind-boggling decisions. And I swear to God, watching the Giants and Colts this weekend literally wanted me to, made me want to pull my hair out because both of these QBs just pissed me off to no end. And Daniel Jones especially – I still think the, you're delusional. The slander. Because well, Daniel's elite, but Philip is horrible. Dude, people were pointing out the flaws of Daniel Jones and can he work it out? And coming out of college, he hasn't fixed anything. And I mean anything. And these people are being proven right. He's still turning the ball over at a stupidly dumb rate. And his decision-making is horrible. I know the Giants are also a train wreck, but it's just like, come on. Take Trevor. Come on. He'll stay. He'll stay. We're not going to get the first pick. We're going to win six games in a row with Daniel. You best be hoping Let's you don't hope. win I six mean... games in a row because, I mean, uh, so yeah, there is – We're going to win three more. There is another team that's not doing so hot that could be in the mix for Trevor Lawrence. That's the Minnesota Vikings after this pitiful fourth quarter performance against the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks came out flat. And I mean flat in the first half. They were bad. Russell Wilson was bad. The entire defense was bad. It just it wasn't working. Vikings in the third quarter within the first, like, six minutes of the third quarter. Seattle scores 21 straight on them. Like, what? And then they bring it back. The Vikings get ahead of Seattle. They don't go for two on a TD to go up seven. 
so they don't lose by one, which eventually did happen. And then they're on fourth and one, and they decide to go for it, which I agree with. I, I love the play call. I was going to say that. Love it. I agree with that decision because some people were mad that they kicked the, they didn't kick a field goal. And obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. But that decision was correct because, well, they made the dumbass decision to not go for two. And the play calling up until that fourth and one decision was playing for a field goal, but they decided to go for fourth and one. It literally, Kubiak and Zimmer were not mixing there. And, I, and then Seattle comes back. Russell Wilson does his magic. DK Metcalf is a stud. And Peace. they win the game. And Here's the thing. Um, Russell Wilson was not looking good in the first half. I'll be completely honest with you. But what makes an MVP an MVP is what they can do down the stretch. And uh, he was lights out on that 94-yard drive. And that's why he's my MVP. Well, I mean, I, I was pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, nothing really yeah. have to say. The Vikings are – I mean, what's going on with the Vikings? They're a joke this year. Um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. they, uh, they ultimately played well in the first half, but uh, – They did lose Dalvin, and I think if they have Dalvin, they, they win the game. Yeah. And uh, they've had some very winnable losses. They're the Chargers. They're also – they're like the Chargers of the NFC. Like – yeah, we'll get to the Chargers, but like they, the Titans game, they could have won, but they botched it. The the <laughs> uh, <laughs> this game, they could have won, but they botched it. And then they played who they play in week two. Uh, who was it? Was Green the Colts. The Colts. Yeah, that was just a shit show. Yeah, um, they got destroyed. If you get destroyed by Philip Rivers, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then they got they got smoked by Green Bay in week one. So yeah, the Vikings have a. Uh, yeah, they're not good. And a lot of people are calling for Zimmer's head. Do you guys agree with that at all? No, no, not right now. No. Well, he just got an extension. Yeah, so I, I don't That's see tough. that happening. Nope. Nope. And they're kind of glued to Kirk. So My boy, Kirk. Do you wish yeah. you still had Kirk? No. You seem that was a very quick answer. No, I'm not going to pay – guy so much money when he really hasn't been doing anything fully guaranteed contract and i'm good cousins tell me what tell me what kirk's done more in uh minnesota except for that one playoff win than uh we haven't done uh zilch nothing nada case keenum outplayed him oh case keenum stud case keenum's a beast so chargers saints game this was a really really good game came down to you know badgley botching badgley botch Last field goal, doing it right off the goal post. Looked like the Bears. Um, Saints winning an OT by a field goal. And what I will say is this Saints team, uh, obviously they didn't play Michael Thomas because he punched someone in the face or something at practice. It uh, wasn't even an injury. And it's funny because they think they don't need him, but they are so they're just not good without him. They were a little better this game, and Drew Brees did make a very good throw to Jared Cook, although he was pretty much wide open. Um, but it was a pretty good throw down the field. That was probably like 35 yards. So that was one of Breeze's better throws of the night. Um, the Alvin Kamara didn't get much going, but it, what I don't understand about teams against, against the Saints, they, they play, they let them dip and dunk. Why don't you make Drew Brees throw the ball? I mean, you don't, you don't have to be stupid about it, but they, they let Drew Brees throw those six yard passes Maybe just don't let him do that, you know? Like, he's he's been king of, you know, stopping the zone and ripping that apart his entire career. He did make a really bad throw today. He sailed it right over the wide receiver's head, got intercepted. Um, old Drew Brees would have made that throw. But he's not what he used to be. So, I don't know, teams are not playing the Saints in the right ways, if you ask me, defensively. Um, but the Saints managed to pull out with the win. Chargers just can't seem to win games. But the main part of the show tonight was Herbert totally outdueling Breeze. I mean, Herbert, his play was he. Herbert has a couple throws a night or in a game where you're just like, okay, he wants that one back. Yeah, I wish he had that one back. He'd make a different decision, make a better throw. But I mean, his first touchdown was a thing of beauty. It looked like Mahomes. He, he, you know, he escaped the pocket. Looked like Russell Wilson. He escaped the pocket, made the throw on the run to the you know back corner of the end zone. Beautiful pass. Touchdown. What did he throw? He threw three or four touchdowns tonight. Four. Man was yeah. a beast. 
yeah, so you know me, uh, I love Herbert. No, I love him too. He was a stud tonight. Um, big part of the uh, Chargers offense. And I'm excited to see what he can be in the NFL for years to come. I know me and you, Sully, were high on him, and he's continuing to uh, be a very good quarterback in his rookie year. I'm excited, and it'll be interesting to see what he can do with this Chargers offense. And uh, Sam, what are, your, uh, what are your thoughts on Herbert? Uh, I liked what I saw. He's very much proving me wrong, but I will say this. Soli was right when he said that he wished he had a couple throws back because you especially saw it in the – okay, I will say this. That sideline throw to Mike Evans to get the field goal attempt was ridiculous. That was um, a great catch, too. But, yeah, it was. Yeah. Who did I say? That's what he said. I said Mike no, Evans. Said, no, I said did I think you said Mike. I heard Evans. I was just – right, We'll watch it back. Okay. Well, well, okay. Well, we'll watch the tape. You get the point. You get the point. We got people saying the wrong shit out here. Come on. But then in overtime, he basically – his accuracy issues popped up again. And he threw one way behind K.J. Hill, which would have been an interception right in the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's arms if K.J. Hill didn't somehow slap the ball because the ball was so far behind him. And then his throw to Mike Williams for the on fourth down, he didn't lead him at all. He threw the ball like back here and he couldn't get the first down. It was Marshawn Lattimore made a fantastic play. And uh, DeMario Davis also underrated in that play because he kept um, Mike Williams from reaching out, which is huge. But yeah, the thing with Herbert is, I think what most of his issues that came from his tape is because his offense at Oregon was restricting the hell out of him. And I don't think it played to his strengths at all. And although you could say that, there's still is bad tape he had. But I, it's not a vertical offense, and obviously now he's thriving in a vertical offense. But the thing is... Down the stretch, Anthony Lynn does not want this man to go vertical. During the fourth quarter on that last drive where they got the field goal attempt, they literally made one attempt to go deep. And you know what it was? It was the ridiculous grab by Mike Williams. And it worked. They didn't take any shots. They were conservative the entire way through. They could have gotten a much better shot at a closer field goal and not had it doink. And it was a longer attempt. It was 50, 50 yards, something like that. It was, yeah, it was 50 on the dot. Hit them in the ass. And then also in overtime, same shit. Really conservative play calling when it shouldn't be because Herbert was carving up their secondary. Now, he could have easily gotten those first or that first down with those two throws, but it's like he didn't even give him any other shots other than those two, even though the throws weren't that great. How much do you think that had to do with Keenan Allen not playing a snap in the second half? He was injured. Oh, obviously that's huge. I mean, you can't say it's not huge. Yeah. I mean. I just got to protect my boy a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this game was winnable, and I'm just – I'm not a big fan of Anthony Lynn. I'm really not. And I, what was the stat we brought up earlier? The Chargers are, what, 3-13? and 13? Yeah. Like one-score games or something like yep. that in the past. Getting back to last year. Yeah, so Anthony Lynn doesn't know how to coach in the late late stages of a game, and I really I think he should be fired, if I'm being, being honest with you. And, Kurt, I'm going to bring up our boy. I'm going to bring him up, Arthur Smith. I think he – you know what, That's Justin Herbert thrives off this year? If we're not getting – Play up. action. You know what Arthur Smith specializes in with Ryan Tannebaum? Yeah. Action. If we're not, uh, if we don't get Arthur Smith on the podcast, we're doing something wrong. We're like no, he's of his fan club. Right yeah, now. we're like his biggest fans. It's like, hilarious. I'm just saying, get Lynn out. I'm just, uh, he's let this team should be three and two. They could be four and one. Like, no, I mean, all of Herbert's losses were winnable. And yeah. I don't know, man. It's just, it's sad to see a rookie quarterback have so much success but be held down. 
for the rest of their team. But that tends to happen when you're a top five pick because you're being drafted. In Who shit. is your guys' is, uh, uh, I guess this will be the concluding question. Who's your guys' offensive rookie of the year, Herbert or Burrow? <laughs> uh, I think we, I mean, Sam's just got to be Burrow. No, it's Herbert now. Really? After tonight, it's Herbert. Burrow was not good against the Ravens. I'm going to go yeah, with Herbert. Not at all. I'll admit it. It, it. Herbert, after this week, is playing better than because Burrow's performance was not that great. But he literally had no time at all oh, to do awful. anything. It's awful. It, it's, it, I still stand that I think Burrow is the better quarterback. But as of right now, Herbert's up playing. If, if that right. makes if, if that Herbert's makes entered top ten. No, 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 no. I still stand by Burrow as the better quarterback, but I because he has shown me a lot more things that I appreciate. But Herbert's been putting up the better numbers, if you get what I'm saying. I you guys I got it. We got it. You get what I mean. You get I mean that first touchdown was literally Oh, it was a thing of beauty. It was a thing of beauty. So nice. All right. I think that's going to do it. Yeah, else you that's it add? for the highlighted. Hi, uh, highlight the highlighted All Sports Culture Podcast. <laughs> Until next time. You know, because you, know, you say I don't say highlighted, so I got to highlight it. <laughs> okay. I'm highlighting the fact that I said it. All right. But that's going to be it for this podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you're giving us five stars on Spotify and iTunes if they still do that. I don't know. That might be like 2008. But we love you guys. Thank you for the support. And until next time, Kurt, Sully, and Sam, we're out. Goodbye.